Hello, and welcome to Not Your Mother's Housing Market, the podcast where we dissect and discuss emerging trends in real estate because a 21st century market requires 21st century strategies. I'm Katie Keaton, Realtor with Realty One Group Pacifica. And I'm LaDonna Page with CR Pacific Mortgage. I am so proud of myself. So for our listeners, we haven't recorded in what, almost a month? Feels for like forever. (laughs) And I just nailed the intro you did i totally did not but you definitely did <laughs> you were you were great as well i but like had a lag there it's fine <laughs> look at us we're back it feels so good the sun is shining the birds are singing the leaves are changing colors the it is a beautiful are day colors the like yes it's fall vibes so pretty out there it's so pretty and i have my coffee yes me too. So we tried to record an episode like two <laughs> weeks ago and we got, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes in and we both looked at each other and said, this is really bad. Well, also like the system had stopped recording <laughs> five or 10 minutes in. <laughs> and we were, we're like, thank God, because we done. cannot go on like this. <laughs> and you know what? It's because I just hadn't had coffee yet. And I just, the energy was not there. I was I had a client call over the weekend, and it was kind of early Saturday morning, mm-hmm. and he says, like, oh, can we, you know, up my loan amount, blah, 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 and I'm mm-hmm. checking it through, running it, all this stuff, and I said at the end of the conversation, I was like, yeah, I totally think we can do this, and he goes, I feel like you need to have a cup of coffee and call me back. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, sorry, sorry, sorry. Like, it's what? Saturday morning. I haven't had my coffee yet. Yes. Full disclosure, like, I had a huge migraine on Saturday, mm. and I was, like, on the phone going, how do I get off the phone before I start throwing up? Oh, I'm, no. Yeah, I had a huge migraine. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, no, I need some coffee. But absolutely, we're going to make this work. <laughs> That's <laughs> part of this job. down, get the excitement. Sometimes you have to fake it till you make it when you're talking to your clients, and you're like, oh, my gosh, like... My kids screaming in the other room. My puppy just peed on the floor. That's me lately. Oh, we got oh a puppy. <sighs> I pee on the floor all the time. I swear when Yama was tiny, like, she was an opportunist and would go, oh, yeah, she's totally in a video conference. I'm going to pee right here next to her feet. <laughs> My dogs do that uh, when I let them outside because we live on an acre of land, but we don't have a fence. And so right. I let them out and generally speaking, they're really good and I'll stay outside. Like I'll linger around outside mm-hmm. while they're out there. Um, but the moment that I get on the phone, that is when they run away. Oh, absolutely. because I can't yell at them. You can't get after They're opportunists. Opportunists like for sure. Olds. So, well, you know what? This is not a podcast about our lives. <laughs> this is a podcast about real estate. Yes. So we're going to switch gears and talk about some houses, the housing market. And today we're going to be talking about overpricing your house, um, the consequences, what it can do for you, and just kind of having that discussion. It is happening a lot right now. Yes. Um, so we thought it was a very timely topic to discuss. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But before we get into overpricing your house, we are going to have a quick word from our sponsors, which by the way, not your mother's housing market. You can find us on CallotsPodcast.com. So this is a word from the Callots Podcast Network sponsors. Here you go. 
Take control of your account and make interacting with Calitz PUD easy with SmartHub. Through SmartHub, you'll be able to view detailed usage information, make a payment, enroll in programs, set account notifications, and much more. You'll also receive important news and information about Calitz PUD and can quickly contact us with any issues regarding your service. You'll be able to put yourself in the driver's seat of your Calitz PUD account. Smart management, smart life, smart hub. Okay, we're back. Yeah. So, um, like we talked about, people are overpricing houses right now. And we were getting ready for this podcast. Like, I will speak to what I'm seeing here locally, but it's not just a local issue. It is happening nationwide. And LaDonna grabbed a stat earlier when we were doing our research that kind of shows the fact that it is happening more often. Right. So, first, I kind of want to dive into, like, we know that there's, Katie and I know that there's a difference between overpricing and housing prices are really high. <laughs> housing prices are really high for a multitude of reasons. So many reasons can't go into it, but we're talking about houses that hit the market priced higher than they're actually going to sell. So statistically, when you list your house too high, 12.9% of sellers have to reduce their price of their home at least once. And that's not 12.9% of people that are listing high. That's 12.9% of, of home sellers. Of home sellers, yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, here locally, it tends to even be a little bit higher of people that are needing to do price reductions right now. Yeah. Um, and it did mention in that article that we were talking about that, you know, that's just the national average, but, you know, in different markets, different things are happening. I pulled the stats for the last seven days, and and we've mentioned this stat multiple times in the podcast, and the last few times we've mentioned it, it's been pretty similar. Right. Where in the last seven days, 27, no, 28 houses came onto the market, and 17 houses that had already been on the market did price reductions. Holy Moses. So over half. Yeah. We're doing price reductions. That's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. And I think there's plenty of reasons why it's happening. But before we get into why it's happening, let's just talk about um, what it means. So I think one of the reasons it's happening so much right now is because there aren't quite as many consequences. But right. I think to understand the full picture, let's go back to the beginning and talk about historically what the consequences are of overpricing your house. Okay, so um, again, Katie and I did a bunch of reading through articles, a um, bunch of research into this. And a lot of it is anecdotal stuff. A lot of it is a little fluffy, but we came down to eight really good reasons as to kind of what happens when. Um, so you list your house a little too high. And first of all, you may not get offers, but your neighbors are going to. Um, if your neighbor is selling and they're right on the market with their price, but you're too high, you're not going to see the offers that you want to see. You know, it's like when you go to the gas station and there's two gas stations right across the street from each other. Mm -hmm. The one that is even two cents lower is the one I'm going to. I'm I don't know about you, but <laughs> I'm going to the one that's two cents lower, even if I have to drive two extra blocks down. I am definitely going to the one that I have the most rewards at. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> Thinking ahead, I guess. I'm like, <laughs> two cents lower, yes. That has my name I mean, written yeah, all over it. If I'm out of town and away from my like regular um, regular spots of where we're getting gas, like I want to see 
Um, you know, I will definitely <laughs> shop that two cents lower. I drive a Prius. Like, oh, I shouldn't okay. be that worried about okay. it. But, yeah, I'll definitely go there. <laughs> okay, okay. So maybe a bad analogy for a Prius owner. But you get what I'm saying. And it's the same thing with houses. If there's two homes that are in the same neighborhood, really close to each other, even if you think your house is $10,000 better right. than the house next door, it's definitely worth listing around what the house is listed for or even slightly less because then everyone who's looking at that house will also, also be looking at, at your house look at yours. Yeah. and will probably say, hey, this house is better than the other one. I'm writing an offer and I'm going to write it a little bit high because I know everyone else is going to think this house is better right, too. Exactly. So the other thing um, you could run into is losing credibility. You know, our buyers are savvy. They know what they're looking for. They've done a lot of research. Mm -hmm. You know, we started this out talking about millennials and what do we love to do? Research. Yes. <laughs> and they have been stalking. People that are buying a house have been stalking all of the home buying sites. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I definitely, as as a realtor, I have some buyers come to me and they're like, well, don't you think this house is priced a little too high? And I'm like, yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And thank you for pointing that out. Like, and they thank know. you for knowing this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, and then there's always the, not everybody likes a game show. Not everybody likes to play Let's Make a Deal. Yes. <laughs> I'm more of a deal or no deal type, but deal or no deal. <laughs> I love that show, except I'm so risk averse that I'm like, take the deal, take the deal. <laughs> um, but yes, that is true. Not everyone wants to haggle. And yeah. I think that is a big difference between over your overpricing your house like previously and overpricing now is um I read an article today that said you know in the past in a in a fair and more balanced market people expect to get offers on their house that are slightly under what they right. listed their house right. at so that there is the back and forth right there really is no back and forth right now buyers are like that's not out of my that's out of my price range or that's more than I want to spend on that house and houses are flying off the market so I'm not even going to touch that right exactly mm -hmm. um the other thing as a seller that you really 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 have to be careful of is you might be attracting some unscrupulous people um specifically real estate agents if you walk into a meeting and you say i want my house to sell for four hundred thousand dollars and the real estate agent is looking around going 350 lady you're crazy this is only going for 350 mm -hmm. if they don't if they can't stand up and say no, this house is really a 350 mm -hmm. or something along the lines of, okay, I'll list it for 400, but realistically we're looking at 350 for this house. And so mm -hmm. you, you, you should set your expectations up. Mm -hmm. Um, you can get yes men. You can get people in there that are just in there to make a buck because real estate agents are commission based. Mm -hmm. Um, and you just don't want to work with some of those people. Yeah. <laughs> so set yourself up for, success by coming into it with a realistic mm -hmm. expectation of what you're going to get. Right. And I do think, you know, this is, this article was talking about how, you know, sometimes realtors will say yes, simply for the fact that having a listing is good for them. You know, their signs right. up with their face on it and, and, you know, it gives them something to post about on social media and it gives them, you know, their phone numbers out to places. Right. But on the flip side of that, I do think, 
and we'll get into this on why I think this is happening so much more, but it's hard as a realtor right now to have those conversations because listings are hard to come by. And sometimes you're like, you know what? This person is not very realistic right now. I'm telling them the truth. I'm telling them that I think we should list lower, but also you're kind of walking on eggshells because, you know, you, you want that business. And I don't think it's always unscrupulous. I think sometimes it really is just like, okay, let's start here because there will be an agent that will tell you yes. So I will tell you yes, but I want you to know that at some point I think we're going to need to drop the price. Right. You know Um, what I mean? But I think that that's because you're out for the better of the client versus the better of yourself. Well, yes, Um, but I don't think like the, you know, oh, realtors do it to make money because we can't make money unless the house sells. Right, right, right. And so, I mean, it behooves us zero to list high because the house is not going to sell. We're not going to make any money and we're going to waste our time. And we're probably going to argue with our clients because they're like, why is this house not selling? And you're like, because we price it too high. Like right. I told you. <laughs> like I told you. Like I told you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and but it makes you look bad. <laughs> you getting, know what I mean? Getting that advertisement out there. Totally. And that is definitely. very true. That is very true. And not being transparent. Like it's one right. thing to say, okay, yes, we will price it for what you want to price it at. But it's another thing to say, yes, we'll price it here. But also it is against my recommendation. Right. Right. So, the and transparency. I've, I've seen you have that conversation. I love you for it, Katie. I have it a lot. <laughs> I um, have it a lot. Okay, so number five. Um, you squander the early days. Mm-hmm. Your sellers are really in the driver's seat for the first 30 days mm-hmm. that the house is on the market. Preach, And preach. then after that, it kind of trickles down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have some stats to throw in here later on our uh, on a other end of our podcast but um that play right into this but yeah i mean Mm -hmm. you want to get as many people through the door as fast as possible um because you're in the driver's seat the first 30 days after that it wanes totally um number six your house gets stale so the longer your house sits on the market the more people are looking at it going what's wrong with this place (laughs) Yes. What's, what am I going to have to fix if I go look at this place? Yes. And that scares people off. Some people won't even go look at it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and you mentioned how, you know, you're in the driver's seat for the first 30 days. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say in this market, you're more in the driver's seat for the first two weeks. Yeah, I would after 100% the, agree right, with after that. After the first two weeks is when buyers start thinking, okay, what's going on here? Right. Um, I had a buyer where a house was listed at 425 actually took a different buyer to go look at it when it was listed at 425. But um, then it sat on the market for 25 days. They did a price mm-hmm. reduction to 400. I sent it to a different client, a new client, because the other one had gone under contract. And they're like, well, what's wrong with it? It's been on the market 25 days. And I said, the thing that was wrong with it is that they priced too high in the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. There's nothing wrong with this house. I've seen it. It was beautiful. It's been on the market 25 days, which really in the grand scheme of things is not that long. Right. They just price they too just, high. Yeah. They just need to drop it. Mm-hmm. Um, so also like playing into that millennials do a lot of research and we're teaching our elders to do a lot of research <laughs> and we're teaching those geriatric millennials. <laughs> I hate that term. I love it because I'm like the youngest of five girl cousins and mm-hmm. it, I and I was always too young to do this. And so all those 
ladies are now in the geriatric <laughs> age group, and I'm not. There you go. Um, so anyway. Geriatric we, should be like a, a hate speech. <laughs> it's a hate speech, geriatric. I feel personally want it triggered and offended by that. I had somebody guess my age in my 40s. <laughs> Wait, why would you ever have someone guess your age? I didn't ask them to guess my age. He goes, oh, I just thought you were, like, really close to my daughter's age. Uh, oh, is that and the same guy that said <laughs> yeah, that yeah, yeah. people in real estate, women in real estate women, are only... Uh, really? Women in real estate are only successful when they're beautiful. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and also, let me guess your age, like, seven years older than you are. Okay, have a great day. <laughs> have a great day. Do you want me to be your client? <laughs> no, the answer is no. No, I, ha- I had... A lot of choice phrases rolling around. <laughs> but, and successfully, none of them left my mouth. Good job. Good job. Good Thanks. job. Anyway, we like <clears throat> to get on the internet and set parameters. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and this goes for anything that I'm searching for. If mm-hmm, I'm searching mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. a dress, I'm searching specifically for a dress in my size. If I'm searching right. for a house, I'm specifically searching for one that fits my budget. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to look at the million dollar house because, well, you know, I don't want to make that payment. Right. Um, I can't get so approved for the million dollar <laughs> house. So if you can, like, good for you. If you, yeah, if you can, definitely, like, let's, <laughs> let's work on this. But give us a call. I, <laughs> but I, like... I know what my limits are, and so mm-hmm. I'm going into my search engine, and I am looking at a house that is in my search parameters. Mm-hmm. And if you price too high, you're not going to get seen by that person. Totally. And even more so than that, it's changing now. The market is starting to cool down. But a few months ago, for the past six months, even maybe a little bit longer, not only were people looking at their absolute max and below, but their realtors were kind of um, coaching them to look mm-hmm. about twenty thousand dollars less than their max budget. Yeah, because everything was getting bedded up. Right, it's not so much, but when that was happening, like I wasn't sending my clients houses that if they were approved for four hundred thousand, I was sending them three eighty, three ninety max. Mm, got it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes so, sense. So um, the parameters have actually shrunk a little bit. In the time we're in. I get that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you go back to one of our cornerstone topics that Katie and I hit on quite a lot. And I'm excited to hear what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Not episode four. Uh Oh, okay. (laughs) Anyway, um, your house may not appraise Mm. for that high price that it is listed at. Yes. Provided that somebody actually offers you that Mm -hmm. high price, Mm -hmm. then you've got to look at, we might have an appraisal gap. And when that happens, you've got to either negotiate that out or get it covered some other way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that is a huge risk to the whole thing. Totally, totally. So a few months ago, I was in this situation with a seller and um, I had the conversation, like they had a lovely, wonderful, beautiful house. And I said, we should price for 450 they wanted to price in the low 500s. Mm-hmm. And after discussing with them that I think that was too high, we went ahead and did it anyway. Yeah. Um, we had to do multiple price reductions. Oof. We ended up getting down to 479. We got an offer of 465 that we accepted. So still it was 15,000 under our lowest. Yeah. And then we only appraised for 458. Oh, so wow. we got under contract after multiple price reductions 
we finally got under contract, but even what we were under contract for was above appraised value. Mm -hmm. So just because you're pricing it there and just because somebody is saying yes to you does not mean it is going to appraise. Right. When a realtor is like giving you advice on how to list your house, we're running the numbers. We're looking at the comps. We're trying to figure out what is this house going to appraise for. Right. At least, you know, to figure out what you should price it for. Right. And then probably price it a little bit under a price value because then <laughs> people are probably going to bid it up. Yeah. Let them bid it up. Bidding yeah, wars. Exactly. Bidding wars. And that's the thing, too. When you overprice your house, you're basically cutting out the advantage of getting into a bidding war. Yeah. Which is honestly the biggest reason I caution people against it. It is so much better to, um, you know, price fairly and then let the market take it from there. Right. Instead of pricing too high and you get maybe one or two or three showings, maybe you get one offer and it's not great. Right. But at that point, you kind of have to take it because technically they're offering you asking price, like hard to turn down or maybe even a little bit less, but it's your only offer you got. So what are you going to do? Yeah, take it. I mean, sit on the market if you want, but if you had a price lower, you probably would have gotten there anyway with a with a bidding war. Right. And found and found a um, buyer that was very excited about it. Yeah. As opposed to someone who was like, oh, well. This will work. Yeah. Because <clears throat> if somebody's willing to get into a bidding war over it, the chances that they really love the house and that you're going to get to the end are higher. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, was that all? Was that eight? That was eight. Okay. So then I would say just to build off of the consequences that have always been there from um, from listing your price high or house high, um, we'll just kind of talk about what's happening now. So I think one of the reasons people are falling into the trap of pricing high is because, you know, in the past, like you mentioned, the house getting stale, people not seeing it, mm-hmm. it kind of falling off the radar. Um, I think one of the reasons that's, that realtors aren't being as pushy about pricing accurately the first time and we've talked about this before is that there's so little inventory that even if it's a month right. in and you drop the even if it's a month in and you drop the price um someone will probably snap it up once it's priced correctly right but something that's happening right now is that you know the market is changing we talked about that in the last episode yeah, it's correcting yeah and so if you are If you are pricing too high and hoping and saying, you know, okay, well, I'll drop the price in two weeks if I don't get it, the market might have changed enough where if you would have priced right in the beginning, you would get more than if you dropped the price to even Mm -hmm. the right price two weeks ago is too high now. Yeah. The right price a month ago is too high now. So don't miss the market. It's like if you're surfing. LaDonna's a surfer. Hey. (laughs) Honestly, pricing your house high is like waiting a little bit too long to like catch the wave. Yeah. You're going to miss it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is that a good analogy? Do you love it? Absolutely. I love it. You got to feel the waters. (laughs) Yes. You got to feel the waters. You got to catch it at the right time. And so much of listing your house is about timing. Yes. So don't miss the opportune time because you want to see if you can squeeze an extra $10,000 out of it. Yeah. You know, like when you think about it like that, it's like you really run the risk of getting less than you would have. Yeah, absolutely. So that is definitely one of the consequences. And I would also say another one right now, which I cannot believe I'm saying, is that, um, you know, (laughs) if you're selling your house, you're probably trying to buy something else or maybe you're contingent. 
If you are already under contract with the house you are buying, please, for the love of God, price your house right the first time because you really, really, really run the risk of losing the house you're purchasing if you're not priced right. And I've seen that multiple times where mm-hmm. someone comes to me and they're writing an offer on one of my listings and they're like, well, we're contingent. We've been on the market two weeks. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm not <laughs> accepting. <laughs> like, no way in yeah. heck I'm accepting that. Ugh, where That's rough. You know, if you're if you're trying to buy and sell at the same time, pricing your house to sell is like of the utmost importance. Yes, for absolutely. sure. And kind of going off what we were talking about before, nobody is, very few buyers right now are going to offer low on your house at least for the first two weeks. If I see something's been on the market for 10 days and my buyer wants to offer less than asking price, I'm like, yep, let's go for it. But if the house has only been on the market three, four, five, six days, I'm like, let's just wait. Let's just see what happens because so many sellers, if it's in that first week, won't even look at offers that are below asking oh okay you know what I mean yeah they're like let's just wait let's just wait so I guess I'm not on that end of the deal so I don't see it as often as you do but um yeah but a lot of my clients talk about it yeah so if you're a seller and maybe you are pricing high thinking okay well someone can get just come in low um you're probably in the minority right and so the buyers are not thinking that that's the headspace you're in And they're not going to be offering in that first week. So maybe you want to sell your house in the first week, but you just kind of wanted to see if you could get that extra ten thousand. But you'd be open to a open to an offer under Liz Price. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get one for I would say at least seven days. Yeah, if not a little bit longer. Like I said, I usually I'm looking at them. If something's been on the market nine, ten days, I'm like, okay, let's let's offer under. All right. Yeah. So, so let's see. What are we? How do you know you're overpriced? Oh, that's a great one. <laughs> I would say the best way to know you are overpriced is you don't have any showings. Right. So in this market, people want to buy houses. If you are on the market for four days and you have not had any showings or maybe you've had one showing, you are overpriced. Yeah. It's as yeah. simple as that. Yeah. If you, I mean, you can do, as a seller, you can do your own research just as somebody who's purchasing in your neighborhood could as well. And if homes around you are priced lower than you are, that are, you know, roughly the same square footage, roughly the same amenities, whatever. Um, If they're priced lower than you are, you're probably a little high. Um, If you're not receiving offers, you are probably a little high. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I think sellers fall into the trap of, well, if my agent was doing a better job marketing this house, and it's like, no, the agent can market the hell <laughs> out of your house. I'm like, should I say hell? The, <laughs> the agent can market your house I like nobody's business. Earlier. <laughs> and um, if it's too high, no one's going to be offering on it. Right. So take a little bit of, you know, reflecting again. Your realtor does not get paid until your house sells. There is no reason that your realtor would not be doing everything they can to sell your house. Right. I mean, I'm sure whatever, there are some realtors that maybe are a little bit lazy, but like, repeat after me. We do not get paid until your house sells. We want your house to sell. Commission-based employees work on 
when it gets done yes <laughs> and when I get paid yes so if I get it in the works today mm-hmm. I am not getting paid for it for a month two months two yeah. months well and another thing this really <laughs> remind yourself of this it's so sad to me because I want to help my clients I want to be on my clients team and so the times where I feel like they think they need to be on guard of me really mm. hurts like I'm obviously not taking it personal but like I feel bad for them too that they feel that way right I'm there for you but also again it does not do me any good to give you bad information right and again like listing your house price okay I if you if I'm telling you that you should list your house at 450 and you want to list at five and I'm really pushing for us to list at 450, I would get paid more if your house self sold for five hundred dollars. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't have any, I don't have any, um, you know, ulterior motives for having you price fifty thousand dollars under. It's because I think it's what's best for you. Right. Right. Um, so what I just heard there was, mm-hmm. if you need a real estate agent, talk to Katie because she's really looking out for her clients, not I just really herself. Am. I really <laughs> am. And then call it on and she can get you pre-approved. I can. Um, so another thing that kind of pulls in from that is like, okay, this is happening. How do you know that you're doing it? Again, another reason you know is if your realtor says, hey, your house is priced too high. Right. Another way is if you post it online and everyone says really mean comments underneath it <laughs> that are like, hey, your house is priced too high. That's another good indicator. Right, well, sometimes Karen. they are wrong. <laughs> I am terrified to post listings on social media because people are mean. Really? Oh um. my gosh. The things people will say about other people's houses that they are like tagged in or saying like, oh, I can't believe it. Everyone's so like, these realtors are what? so greedy, blah, blah, blah. Ooh. These sellers are so greedy. I'm like, dude, no, this, <laughs> this house is priced like what people will buy it for. So you don't need to be oh mean. My gosh. Anyway, that's don't another great mean. indicator. Um, maybe I'm just like <laughs> scarred right face. now. So I brought it up to just like talk about my pain. Like this is also it's my therapy session. <laughs> like you guys who are so mean to realtors online. Oh uh, my gosh. But so why is it happening? Why are people falling into this trap of overpricing? And the reason is unrealistic expectations. Yeah. Okay. So let's first talk about our own market. Where are we located? Mm-hmm. We're located in Cowlitz County, so that's Southwest Washington State. Southwest Washington State. Yes, we beautiful live. mountain ranges. Yes, it's lakes, lovely rivers. Here. Lovely. It is. Our cost of living is very high. Mm-hmm. Um, our housing prices are very high. Mm-hmm. Uh, but specifically, we are sandwiched between. Uh, Seattle and, and Portland. And Portland. So we seem very and, affordable. Yeah. So we seem very affordable to a lot of those areas mm-hmm. that are still, you know, we're still seeing appraisal gaps in those areas. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, we have a desire to list higher because we think, oh, maybe we can get it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you look at things and you're just like, how is somebody going to get this much money? And it's priced totally fair. Mm-hmm. And they get that much money out of it. And it's because somebody came from a bigger, more expensive market and mm-hmm. bought a house that was cheaper than it would have been in their own market here mm-hmm. in Cowlitz County. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I think that plays a huge part in why this is happening, specifically to our location. Yes. So I found an article article mm-hmm. earlier today um, 
by Realtor.com. Okay. And it was talking about a recent survey that they had done. Um, so the article is called Sellers Have High Expectations in Competitive Housing Markets. So I'm just going to read off some of the graphs because I think it's really telling. First okay. of all, one of the reasons people are pricing so high is because out of the people that are selling, um, a good majority are selling to take advantage of the market. Okay. So it's not so much that they like really care if they move. It's not so much that they don't like their house anymore. They don't like where they live. It really is just like, hmm. I want to take advantage of this market, so I'm going to try to get as much as I can. Right. And that is fair. That is totally fair. If you're post, like, if you're listing your house as, like, a make-me-move price, but you don't really care if you move or not, price for the sky. Like, go for it. <laughs> right. You know? But um, it does... It does impact what other people are listing their houses for as well. So um, they asked the reasons that people were selling their homes in 2021. And about 25% gave the reason that they wanted to take advantage of the current market. And they just wanted to make money. Okay. So a lot of people are coming into this, again, not because they really care about moving, but because they want to take advantage. So, of course, Mm -hmm. they're going to price high, right? Yeah. So then um, they also asked about sellers' expectations. So um, over 50% said that they expected to get their asking price. Um, about 15% said they expected a bidding, a bidding more. Um, wow. About 25% said they expected to get more than their asking price. Again, almost 30% said they expected to get an offer within a week. And then 20% said they expected an all-cash offer. So oh. some of these are realistic and some of these are not. Right. Um, expecting to get asking price, yes, totally realistic. Expecting to get a, wid- a bidding war, pretty realistic. Um, expecting to get more than asking price, that depends on how you price your house. Right. So if you're pricing fairly, yes, you very well could get more than asking price. But when you're pricing it at the very top, you might not. And then right. the 20% expecting to get all cash, in some areas, maybe that's great. Here, 20% of the houses do not sell for cash. It is not that high of a, of a percentage. Um, but when people think it is, they're not as worried about, um, having huge asking prices because they're not worried about the appraisal. So if you think that someone's going to swoop in and buy your house for cash, you're not nearly as worried about having an appraisal gap, you know? Um, let's see. I think there are a few other interesting little things. Oh yeah. Okay. So almost 30% said they are going to offer their house for more than it is currently worth. Interesting. So they know they're doing it. Yeah. People know they're doing it. And they're just like, okay, let's just see what happens. The market's crazy right now. But there are consequences. Mm-hmm. So you have to keep in mind that there are consequences. So do you want to head back to that first um, article where it really kind of outlined the consequences of listing your house high? Yeah. Okay. And keep in mind, this was written in 2021, correct? Yeah, this was just written, like, last week. Okay, so listen to this. Take it in, people. Nationally. Nationally. Take it in. Sellers who accept an offer within the first week of listing have a 57% of selling their house for list price. During week two, that drops 7% to just 50%. Okay. Okay. Then it drops to 39%. 32, so on and so on. The more weeks you get into it, the chances of getting your listing price go down and down and down Mm -hmm. and down and down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, which is totally true. And at the end of the day, if your goal is to get as much money out of as you can out of your home sale, then this is 
the statistics are saying that overpricing your house is not the way to do it. Right. Yeah. And it kind of goes back to what we said, where, like, you're in the driver's seat for about the first two weeks. Right. Once those first two weeks are over, it really does become like, okay, we're waiting on the right buyer. We're waiting on the buyer to make this decision. Right. Right. One of my childhood friends' moms used to always say there's positive consequences and negative consequences. And then when I was doing this, I came across another quote that was just like, when you make a choice, you also happen to choose the consequence. And if you're choosing to list fairly or choosing to list high, you are also choosing the battles that come with both of them and the positives that come with both of them. Mm-hmm. Because there are positive and negatives that come with yeah. any any place you are listing your house, any number you're listing your house for, any approach that you're taking, there are pros and cons. Absolutely. But that's where talking to a real estate professional, maybe multiple real estate professionals to get you know different people's opinions. But listening to them walk you through the pros and cons of your choices will help you decide which consequences you want to choose. Exactly. So we were kind of going over this and doing all the research and like, how do you avoid it? And the biggest reason that I found in how do you avoid it is don't get emotional. Mm -hmm. And we know that when you're selling your house, it's emotional. (laughs) It's emotional. Yeah. You're selling your memories. You're selling, Mm -hmm. you know, you're selling all of these things. You're selling the tangible object that goes along with the memories. You know, Mm -hmm. I brought my baby home to this house. My kid took their first step. Look at this little door jam. We wrote their height on for (laughs) five years or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get a yardstick. (laughs) (laughs) It'll make it much easier to sell your house if you have a yardstick. Yes. Um, But you know, you just, you can't get emotional. You've got to think about it like a business. And as the head of any business, you've got to consult somebody who's doing cost analysis on how you can get your optimal price. And those people doing the cost analysis happen to be real estate agents. I'm not the one that's looking at what houses go for in our local market all the time. Katie is. I, it's Katie's. I am. It's Katie's wheelhouse, and I, I tell our clients that a lot. I'm just like, oh, that's a Katie question. It's my job. <laughs> it's a Katie question. I watch mortgage-backed securities to watch the rates. Mm-hmm. You watch housing price trends yes. to watch housing prices, and they should definitely consult you mm-hmm. over what they should list in their house at. Because I don't know. <laughs> yes, and it, that's why it's so nice to have um, a lending partner that I trust. Because I so many times people ask me questions, and I'm like, that is a Ladonna question. Yes. So it is It is really nice. But yeah, the moral of the story is we want you guys to be successful in what you're doing, whether that is purchasing a house, yeah. whether that is um, selling a house. So we are doing this podcast to help you guys um, figure it all out. And we are here for you anytime you have questions. You can email us at notyourmothershousingmarket at gmail.com. I promise I'm going to start checking it more. I check it a lot. <laughs> oh, okay. LaDonna <laughs> checks it a lot, so we will get to it. That is great to know. I check it. I answer things. I make sure. That- <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, also, shout out, because we had a listener give me a call the other day, and she yes. was so lovely. It literally made my week, my month, my year. So yes. thank you for that. And if anyone else ever has any real estate questions, feel free to reach out to either of us. Yes. Um, I do not have my little outro script in front of me and I cannot find it so I'm just gonna wing it today yay and so I'm gonna remind everyone that you can follow us on Instagram at not your mother's housing market we are 
gearing up to do a big giveaway. So keep listening. It will be coming soon. Yes. And we're just excited to be back in here and to be giving you guys some some info on the housing market. Yes. And with that, we have wrapped up this week's episode of Not Your Mother's Housing Market. I am Katie Keaton with Realty One Group Pacifica. I'm LaDonna Page, Mortgage Advisor and Liabilities Manager with Sierra Pacific Mortgage. And we will talk to you next time. Yes.